0: Right, how's everyone doing? We all good? Who's ready for the word of the Lord today? Great, that means the Bible if you're uh, new, new to church today. I, just, I, was, I stood at the front a few moments ago, listening uh, to the, the worship song, and I, and I, I saw the words, um, blah, 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 the lamb. And I'm thinking, that must be really weird if you're new to church today, talking about Jesus. I'll explain more in a minute. But uh, we need to work harder as a church, I think, to communicate these basic points that we in the faith so often take for granted. Um, we've been uh, doing a series recently called Heroes. Exactly. And it hasn't been about capes and x-ray vision, so to speak, but it has been around people who inspire us, people in the faith. And uh, last week, Teresa knocked out the park. I heard uh, with an old, uh, an Old Testament character called Deborah. Uh, Keith, you're cheating. You can't give the answer. Husbands aren't allowed. Um, but I think someone else said Deborah as well. And I heard it was a really busy service last week. So, and even in the commotion, it, a great message got delivered. Today, I want to talk about the go-to answer you know when, like you're talking to Christians and you know it's kind of like it's the it's the buzzwords if you say this word it's the answer to all of the problems I want to talk about Jesus uh, and I just thought we've done a few weeks looking at um, all the other people in the in the Bible who kind of point towards the story of Jesus let's actually delve in and look at the life of Jesus and uh, um, so this is the picture this is the scene uh, you are about to do a 5K. Now, perhaps you're one of those people like me that you need an app to motivate your life to do some exercise. So you'll kind of subscribe to a Couch to 5K. Ever done that? And, and what it is is it's kind of like getting lazy people like me motivated to actually to a goal, to a destination. So you about to do 5K with Jesus? Now, I know some of us are really quick. Like George, like what's your 5K? Like. 15 minutes or something. I know some of us are a bit more relaxed in life. It might take us about 40, 45. So, so, okay. So so the time frame is 15 minutes to 45 minutes of your life with Jesus. Uh, So what are you going to talk about on this 15 or 45 minute with Jesus? What kind of stuff... Are you going to want to delve into? What kind of stuff are you going to feel? What emotions is it going to bring up doing a circuit with Jesus? Now for some of you, you're probably thinking, good grief, 5K, I'd struggle to even talk, never mind, like, you know, keep up. But it's hypothetical, it's just an illustration. It's this, it's this, this journey with the Lord. Um, there's something about being in the presence of Jesus on this 5K that I think that in itself would be enough for most of us. That we probably come away from that experience thinking, i just got to spend time with Jesus. Uh, and do you know when you're sitting in the presence of somebody who's really got it? Have you ever been in that situation before? Because I think this is what I'm trying to uh, drill down to. Where they've just got it. And you think, wow, there's something about that person that just really stands out to me. There's something about their personality, their persona, their story, whatever it is, that actually really impacts my life. There was a guy who spoke at our church a few months ago, and we got him to speak to the leadership of the church. And there was something about this guy. I mean, it, it was nothing like aesthetically like stunning or beautiful about this man. There was nothing that he wasn't 12 foot tall or you know, whatever about him, he wasn't floating around, but there was something in him that when we sat and listened to him, we thought he's head and shoulders in these areas where we are at the moment. We want to kind of strive towards him. And I'd imagine being in the presence of Jesus. We just kind of feel that in a way. Does that make sense? We would think, do you know what, you've got it. And I think that would be enough for most of us, right? So it's an encounter that we'd probably replay for years and years in our mind. But what would a lap with Jesus really look like? Are you up for the journey this morning? Are you up for the 5K? Who's ever run a 5K? A few of us. Who would just like rather die right now than do a 5K? Love the honesty. Brilliant. Perhaps it's just a slow meander through the meadows with the Lord. We should rename this. But it's a given. I want to go into the given stuff. We'd feel wonderful, wouldn't we? I mean, use all these nice descriptive words. We'd feel wonderful. We'd feel affirmed. We'd feel elated. We'd feel special, wouldn't we? That we get to spend this time with the King of the Universe. Uh, we'd feel accepted. We'd feel cared for. I think we'd just straight away, before we come to the other stuff, I know we'd feel that stuff straight away. We'd feel so encouraged. But I wonder if we'd also take this 5K slog or even a quick sprint for some of us as an opportunity to air our excuses. Yeah, but Lord, just to, I know you're not asking the question, Lord, but I just want to let you know, it has been a busy 12 months. Oh, I know it's been a busy 12 months, I'm, I'm just letting you know. Uh, or If we'd like, use it to ask questions, tell me about dinosaurs, tell me about so-and-so, so-and-so. I wonder if we'd like use it to crack the mysteries of the world. I, I bet some of us would, our scientific brains. I wonder if some of us would uh, just take the time to listen. Let him talk and us do the listening. You ever been around someone so just amazingly, uh, just verbally flowing that you, you actually don't get a word in. And you're like, just keep talking. Like, yeah, you've got it. And I wonder if we would just let him talk. But okay, so picture the scene. We've been doing probably about 30 seconds run by now. And um, be getting a bit sweaty, kind of trying to listen away. Maybe can't hear because we're panting a bit too hard, or whatever. But actually, we're in the presence of Jesus. Thankfully, we don't need to guess what He would say to us, because the Bible gives us, doesn't it? It gives us clear accounts, all through Scripture, of what Jesus, of what His Spirit says to God, uh, to, to to mankind, says to us, what the voice of God says to us. We know in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and beyond. That the voice and presence of Jesus actually speaks into some really clear situations. I love the Bible because it doesn't just give a bunch of pictures, but actually, sometimes it talks about dates, it talks about the weather, it talks about how people were feeling. It sets the scene in a really descriptive way that we can imagine right now what it would mean for us. Jesus meets people in the workplace. Jesus meets people as they're relaxing. Jesus meets people up trees. Read it later on, give it a Google. You know, Jesus meets people all over the place in their situations, but also they come to him. This picture of wanting to be transformed. And Jesus talks also on, on from the law, from you know what how people think they should have been living to loving your enemies. He kind of sets new grounds around loving people. He talks uh, from insights about this life, but also points towards the next life. And uh, have you ever seen that Francis Chan talk where he gets a piece of rope or a piece of string and he says, Okay, this is eternity. This bit right here is your life. You spend 99% of your whole life focusing on this little bit right here. But actually, this is the picture of God for us. Isn't that really fascinating? And I think Jesus as he was talking to people he was he said things like the kingdom of heaven is like and he kind of pointed towards this picture of what god uh, what kind of what heaven looks like but equally what that looks like lived out day to day for us the kingdom of heaven is like and then he's flipped people's thinking on uh, relationships on giving on uh, kind of living your best life for him on on uh, living in the workplace how to treat Your mum and dad, you know, he gave clear examples throughout scripture and all of these things. So we kind of know on this 5K some of the things that he might say to us. I don't want to kind of explore outside of the Bible here. And I think each of us, just as a point one, I think we'd recognise straight away, without him even saying anything to us, the need to be more radical. Just being in his presence, we'd realise that we need to be more radical. What do you think about when you think of the word radical? Radical. Do you think of somebody chaining themselves to a lamppost, screaming, you know, save the planet? Uh, I do a little bit. Do you think about somebody who's just dedicated to a cause? Or somebody who doesn't shut up about something? That's all they ever want to talk about. They're radical about it. It's, it's on their agenda. It's high on their priority list. I think being in the presence of Jesus would challenge each of us to be more radical. I'm not saying we're not radical. I'm just saying more radical. I think it would turn the temperature up in our lives, realizing that actually we're a few degrees away in various areas. I don't know about you, and I, I, know, I know that you understand I'm a very weird individual. That just goes without saying. And this next bit might make me sound a bit more strange, but I'll explain. Look to the screen. Light. Although, actually, that's like light. I'm going to talk. Yes, fine. Same thing. Light. I think some of us would realise we're a bit Jesus light. Now, light foods are the trendy thing, aren't they? Give me a wave if you like light foods. See, I just, yeah, not many of us, why? It's great. So light food saves your life, it just does. For those who haven't indulged in it yet, it saves your life, it helps you live a longer life, it's, uh, it's not as bad for you, it, um, you're consuming less of the fatty bits, it's light, right? Isn't it a good thing? Maybe not. But actually, I think we'd realise in his presence that we are Jesus' light. I love light personally. I always go skinny, don't I, Joe? Always skinny, dodge the margarine, and and I know I'm weird. I told you I was weird. I just dodge it. But actually, increasingly, we all love the diet this or the free from that. Isn't it true? The consumer world tells us you deserve full taste. Think about Pepsi Max or Coca-Cola or what is it? What's the what's the skinny version of Coca-Cola? Zero. There's like a minute. Mill- See, exactly. You all know about this. Diet is the one I was looking for. Uh, we deserve the full taste without having the real thing. Isn't that so interesting? That's what we're taught these days. So all of the flavour, none of the calories, all of the all of the uh, you know the, the new the new taste, just less of the bad stuff. It's like it's literally it's the marketing tool of the world. And all of us, if we could, we want the healthy version or the best version. Uh, but actually if we do it in a healthier way uh, but, you know, do you know what I mean in terms of the flavour and the content and the fat uh, and it's really interesting when we come, when this comes to a spiritual uh, viewpoint when it comes to I want all of it but I'm only prepared to, to be a bit light in those areas because what we're saying to ourselves is actually we can't have the full taste, we can't do the full lap with Jesus in, in, a, in the full, fullest way we could if we only want it in certain light ways in our lives, does that make sense? So, right now the market world are making uh, cheaper products, but sometimes they replace uh, the the lighter products will replace it with uh, cheaper and nastier substances. And it kind of gives us the uh, we can do the same in our radical following Jesus that we can go light in various areas. We don't have to be full fat or full flavoured. But I think when it comes to pursuing Jesus, when it comes to chasing him, we have to go full fat. We have to go all in. We can't opt for like this or like that. So yeah, I want to follow Jesus and I want to look after my whole life and whole well-being and everything else to come. But actually, I'm going to give him 30 seconds of my week. I'm going to go jesus light. I want the full flavor, but, but actually none of the consequence. Does that make sense? And I think just being in the presence of Jesus, we'd realize that in some areas, we are jesus light so radical this is the danger can become mediocre and then medi- mediocre becomes stagnated and that's the dangerous road that we can travel on when we want to go jesus light in certain areas and jesus warned about being uh, mediocre didn't he he said it's it's lukewarm that's the biblical definition he gave for it and he said for those who are lukewarm for those who want to go jesus light for those who are mediocre i'll spit them out and I'm thinking about this 5K with Jesus. Just realising that myself, I would feel mediocre in so many areas. Jesus, I just want to give you my excuses. I've got three kids, Jesus. I'm just, life's busy. Have you seen my diary? You know, like all these requests and things coming in. I need to be there and do that. Jesus, you understand, don't you? Totally. I understand, Elijah. All right, I feel guilty. Right, where does that guilt come from? I'll tell you where the guilt comes from. Remember the story of Adam and Eve way back when? When they were playing in the garden with God, and all was rosy and pretty, you have read the story ever, and then one day the Bible tells us that they heard God come into the garden, whether it was a massive i don 't know earthquake, footsteps, just picture the scene, whatever. But they knew God was in the garden. The trouble is the devil had been in in the meantime, and as he 'd come into the picture, as we know, they suddenly realized they were naked, they were starkers, and that actually they felt ashamed. What happened in that moment in history, and has happened since then, is there was a breakdown in relationship with each other, but also with God. So this idea of feeling guilt, where does it come from? It comes from this realisation that in the presence of God, I am no longer worthy. In the presence of God, I've gone jesus light. I've skipped a few chapters, I want the quick wins, I want his promises but I don't want any of the consequences. I don't want to apply myself but I do want him to look after me all of the days of my life. Is this hitting home to anybody or is it just me? And it's like in this, this image of Jesus, in the picture of Jesus, in this 5k with him, I'd realise my insecurities. I'd realise that I felt far away from him. He hasn't said anything, he's just doing 5k with me, trying to keep up I'd imagine because I'm quick. But actually, I'm realising that there's something at miss, that Jesus, when I look at who you are, when I spend time with you, that's who I want to be. Things in me naturally want to change and shift. You, you reset my perspective on areas, on relationships, on finance, on the things I say to people, on my thought processes, on that bad habit. Jesus, in your presence... I feel like I want to be more like you. Jesus, light. In fact, I'm sure Jesus would encourage us, probably in a verbal way, to be more radical. And I think he would encourage us, not in a... When I say the word encourage, you might be thinking of a... Yeah, keep going. woohoo, you're doing great. But actually, the word encouragement says this. It's the act of trying to stimulate. It's the act of trying to stimulate, get something going... The development of an activity, state or belief. And I think Jesus would encourage us, as in like stimulate, come on, come on, go all in. Be radical for me. And I think we'd, we'd know the, the cheerleader anyway. We would sense the, the I love you anyway. But I think that the encouragement would be an encouragement to, to, to go for it, to go all in. Don't be light, go for it. John six twenty six. To 27, And the words are on the screen if you haven't got your Bibles today. John 6:26 to 27 says this. This is Jesus speaking to us. I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you. Not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal or his seal of royal approval. And Jesus is saying this because the day before, he just fed 5,000 people. So he's speaking into it that, that you want to follow me because you've watched the miracle. But what you're not understanding is it's not just about the perishable stuff. It's, it's follow me because of who I am. Follow me because of the seal that the Father has given me. And Jesus, in the same way, he doesn't, he doesn't encourage in a, woohoo, keep going, son. But he encourages, no, put something into action. Change your life. Apply something. And he says, spend your energy, spend your energy seeking me. He actually says eternal life. Not just this bit about your life, about my finances, my relationship, my concerns, my highs, my lows, my location, my next steps. Which we're all fanatical about, aren't we? We want want to know all of that stuff. But actually, he's painting this picture of eternity. Go for it with all of your energy for eternity. Knowing that what you do in this life is going to impact forevermore. Isn't that a brilliant picture? So Jesus speaks to us about this. Is this making sense to anybody? I feel like everyone's asleep. Is this making sense? I'll happily sit down if this is not making sense. So Jesus is saying, now now look, feed on me, the bread of life. Feed on me. Don't be so concerned about today's meal. And I know Jesus is super concerned about the day-to-day. He cares about our needs. But he's using this hyperbolic language... To explain to us, actually, is isn't just about today. It isn't just about you being fed. It isn't just about feeling good. But actually, use all of your might to chase after me. Verse 29 says this as an add-on, which isn't on the screen. He says, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he sent. Because his disciples then say, as I would and as you would, we say, okay, tell me what I need to do to, to, to get that. Eternal life. What we kind of want to know the quick fix. Jesus, is like, no, no, no. This isn't a work thing. This is a this is a B thing. So, 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 believe. Just believe. That's all you need to do. Believe in the one that the Father sent. Okay. I believe in you, and I'm going to be radical for you. See, I think our biggest, I think our biggest uh, downfall, our biggest uh, blocker to being radical for Jesus, is that we don't believe in Him with our whole hearts. It's got to be right, it's just just common sense and this isn't a blame game, I'm not, like, I'm not chucking anyone aside here or under the bus but if we totally did a lap with Jesus and experienced his presence, we would live the rest of our days in full confidence in every single way in our lives, wouldn't we? Because we've done a lap with Jesus physically, we know he's real, we know he cares for us but there must be something in us that says no, my default is protectionism, I just need to protect what's inside me. It's mine, it's my future. What if Jesus doesn't come through? What if he doesn't answer my prayers? What if I give to church or financially to something and God doesn't recompense me? I'm at a loss. What if I go and God doesn't work a miracle and I'm left there stranded and he isn't really real? There's something in us, the doubt factor, that gets torn down when we become radical. In fact, radical is looking at the doubt factor and thinking, I don't care. I don't care what the doubts are. I don't care if it doesn't work out or it shouldn't work out. Because I know that when I put my faith in God and it aligns with his word, he's in the detail. So this 5K, right now I'm guessing we're about 15 minutes in. Some of us were starting to enjoy it. We're just warming up. Some of us were dead on our knees and we're in the right place because we're with Jesus. But imagine this scene. He would affirm us. He would love us completely. Not just in our strengths. And I'm sure he'd be like, Craig, my boy, like I love you. Craig, I love your heart to serve the poor. Teresa, that word last week, like honestly, I was like high fiving in heaven, all the angels, like we love that word. It was on point. You know, just just Joseph, the way you number crunch for the church in your spare time, like that's my boy. Like I'm I'm for you. And I'm sure we'd get that. But you know what? More importantly, I think as well as just hearing the good stuff, we'd also find strength in our weakness knowing that in comparison to who Jesus is, that we haven't got the whole picture together ourselves yet. We might feel like we want, want to express some of our feelings to him. And I love this. It's true, isn't it? In, in Britain, I feel like we, we often like, kind of live in the negative for, for quite a while. So I've started to know a little culture in my workplace, and uh, I've started to listen to conversations, and it's so true. So you might say, hey, how's it going today? Oh, yeah, really good. And then if you know them a bit better... Rather than saying, here's the 10 good things that are going on in my life, you'll say, good, oh, I can't believe what happened yesterday. I've got to tell you about so-and-so. And we kind of like begin to live in and gravitate more in the negative than we do the positive. Is it because we don't want to like be big-headed or we don't want to just talk about our accomplishments? But it is very true, isn't it? We'll kind of just put a bit of a negative slant on something because it's easier to talk about. And I'm guessing this would come up in our 5K with Jesus, that we'd want to bring up some of the, maybe the bad stuff, or some of the things we're working towards. This is what the Bible says about it. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 11. But he said to me, this again, this is Jesus talking, but Jesus said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. What? Your power is made perfect in my weakness. And it's this picture of us coming in and understanding. I want to tell you something today if you don't follow Jesus yet. There needs to be a point in our lives where we realise that we are not the perfect picture. That we are not uh, Mr. Mr. or Mrs. World. That actually we're fundamentally flawed. And as we come to that approach and we say, Jesus, I put you first in my life. There's a power dynamic that happens. That as we surrender, we're also lifted up. As we surrender, strength and power comes. And that comes from Jesus dying on the cross and then coming back to life three days later. And that when we accept that moment, he comes to live in our lives. Have you accepted that moment yet? I've tried it my own way, it doesn't work out. I've tried it in my own strength, nothing changes. I've reached the point of just exhausting everything I can do. I just need something else. The point is from Adam and Eve's story, we know, don't we, that since the start of time we've been trying to fix it our own way. The story of Jesus is he comes and does a 5K with us. He comes into our lives and he says, do you want to follow me? And when we accept that dynamic, it changes our lives forever. So Jesus is saying, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. I may boast all the more about my weaknesses. That's such a hard thing to do. That's why, for Christ's sake, I take delight in weaknesses. In insults, in hardships, in persecution, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Are you feeling weak today? Are there areas of your life that you feel weak in? Out of your control, flapping about in the, in the shallows of life, when we get this picture of, of health and wholeness as we come in surrender to Jesus. So just being in the presence of Jesus would highlight our worst. In the light of Jesus our shadows would be revealed. In the light of Jesus, our shadows, the stuff in us, would be revealed, illuminated. Sin, guilt, insecurities, jealousy, it all points to brokenness with this broken puzzle. But right at the start of time, God's been working to fix us and to piece us back together. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And I think the Spirit would be highlighting unhealthy behaviours or sour patterns that we harbour within us. And think about this for a moment. What we cover in ourselves, what we hide and push down, the Spirit uncovers. And what we uncover and accept and confess, the Spirit covers. What we cover, He uncovers. And what we cover, and what we uncover, He covers. And this is picture of this God bringing stuff to the forefront in our lives, knowing that in surrender we're strong. So how do we know that on this five K, God or Jesus in person would highlight these things to us? Well, in the Bible, people came from all sorts of walks of life to access and encounter Jesus. And the goal, what was it? It was physical, it was spiritual, it was emotional transformation. People realised that in the presence of Jesus, lives would be changed forevermore. And we read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, which are the first four books of the Bible. And also in this room today, there are countless stories of us coming to Jesus and being transformed forever. Do you want transformation to happen in your life today? In your trust, in your relationships, in your finance, in your workplace, in your future, in your parenting, in your to-come parenting, whatever, that actually I find transformation in Jesus. So I've got a question for us today as we come into land. As we do this 4.75k with Jesus, as we see the finish line, I've got a question for us. Only you can answer this. Not your partner, not your best friend, only you. Are you ready for it? How do I become or stay radical for Jesus how do I do it how do I attain these lofty heights of radicalness do I chain myself to something do I change my Facebook status to I love Jesus do I get tattoos do I put stickers on my car what do I do actually I don't think it's a do thing I think it's a be in his presence thing I think that's our answer be in his presence thing because this 5k picture, the whole reason I've been explaining it so dramatically is because those are the moments that transformation happen. I find in my own life, the longer I go without a 5k with Jesus, the more the old Elijah creeps in. Do you find that yourself? Like, blimey, I thought I'd bury that person. And it's this idea that actually I need renewing. I need to spend time in his presence. So I want to invite you today to put on your running pants, your sweatpants, do a couple of lunges and to get ready for this 5k with the one who made you. So to be in his presence. Spend time with him thing. Only you can answer it. Last week if you had a pie chart. As I come into land. If you had a pie chart last week. And the pie chart was made up of a section. And the red section was. Jollies. Yeah. And the, there's a blue section. The blue section was work. The red section. Oh, oh no it's done that. Red blue. The green section was spend time with my Lord and Saviour. Be honest, I want to get you all up in a moment to tell me, and your percentages. Where would you sit on that radar? Because I'd be so ashamed of where I sat. And I read my Bible, I did the devotions, I prayed. But actually, I don't think it's nearly enough as I want it to be. Am I radical enough for Jesus? Am I radical enough so that my life is fully, fully transformed into what he's calling me into? Only you can answer that question. And I think habits help. And he's the doing part. So it's definitely B, but there's doing parts. Habits help. See, I went for a while, probably my season of my life, where I'd wake up and I'd get my phone out. Do you do that? You get your phone out and you think, right, which thing do I jump on first? Do I look on Facebook, see what she's saying about so-and-so? Do I look at the stocks? I wish I had some, but I did it for a little while. Look at stocks, see what I'm doing, how well I'm faring. Or do I just like try with one eye and troll through the devotion for today? So I made a commitment that, Lord, before I do any of the other stuff, I'm just going to flip my first thing of the day, is open my phone and look through the, the devotion of the day. And I'm guessing loads of us do that. And this isn't radical, but it's just developing healthy habits. But perhaps for some of us, that would be a really quick win. Okay, first thought of the day, before I look at the gossip of the day, or who's killed who, or what Boris Johnson's doing today, I'm going to just look at the words. That's my starting point. Boom! I'm radical. What about uh, just we be in community? That we're realizing as we do this 5K with Jesus, that we see his likeness in our community. And I want to be around community because community is going to help me transform. So are you isolated in your journey at the moment? Are you encouraged or sharpened by people in this room or outside of this room? If not, we've got to do something about it. We've got to change our habits into healthy, sustainable lifestyle choices. Does that make sense? Knowing that these fundamental tweaks will take us to higher peaks. It's cheesy, but it's good, right? The tweaks take us to higher peaks. So I'm going to apply these things knowing that it's going to bring about a change in my life and my direction. And we've done it. We've crossed the finish line. We've done our 5K with Jesus. Knowing that forevermore we're transformed. And isn't that the picture of the local church? It's we come to church to do A lap with Jesus. We could do it in our front room if we wanted to. Great. We could do it wherever we wanted to. Hilltops, valleys, whatever. But we know there's something biblically ordered and mandated about the saints gathering and being equipped and released in the presence of Jesus. When's the last time you had a 5K with Jesus? And you're in church today, which tells me you want to be superpowered. You want to be filled up. You want to hear his voice. You want to know his leading. You want to have time in his presence. Shall we pause for a few moments to think about those words? Jesus, we thank you that Scripture, the Bible, brings us closer to you. That as we look at it, as we read it and dissect it and apply it to our hearts and our lives, it changes us forever. That as we read it, it reads us. And Jesus, right now, across this room, from the front to the back, from side to side, I thank you that there have been people who have been doing 5Ks with you for a long, long time. And that we've experienced the benefit of it, of the bread of life. We've felt nourishment for our souls. We have a hope for the future. That Jesus, we've seen you at work in our day-to-day lives and we adore you. Not because you've been at work in our lives, but because we know you. We know the sacrifice that you made for us. Like, like a lamb, you went to the slaughter. You were, you were uh, just pure and blameless. And you took on our filth and our uh, horrendous stuff and our bad habits and our toxic characters and you took it all to make us clean like you and we are so so grateful but Jesus life can be busy it can be a slog there are things on us expectations things to do people to talk to uh, just and sometimes we push it down this idea of prioritizing you And Father, we come today in weakness, just understanding that we could have done better. Knowing that you love us and accept us for who we are. That you're not here to judge, but actually you want to cheer us on. And Lord, I pray today for your saints in this room. For those who've gone a long time without doing a 5K with you. Who perhaps just feel like we're splashing about in the shallows of life. Gasping for air, uh, trying to work it out ourselves, living in our own strength. Right now, Spirit of the living God, we ask that you would come and empower your sense, That you would meet us and empower us and change us. That Jesus, you do something in us. That allows us to do radical changes, a radical shift, to, to prioritise you rather than us. To say no to that so we can do something with you. Jesus, I pray this week that this message, whether we look at mayonnaise light on a shelf or whatever we're doing, that it would stay with us, that we'd be reminded to not, not go Jesus light. Would you strengthen us right now and fill us and meet us. Thank you that you are, that you're at work, that you've been saying stuff and speaking to us. And lastly, I wonder if there's anybody here who wants to start a 5K with Jesus. Who perhaps hasn't gotten the racetrack yet, so to speak. But you're here today in church and you want to be introduced to Jesus. You've tried it your own way, but actually you realise that in your weakness, you can become strong. That His power in your life can transform all that's to come. That you want to live forever, not just focusing on this life. And Jesus invites us so clearly. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Come through me. Do life in me. And his power is available for you today. And his eyes are closed, so there's no pressure to this. If that's you, would you raise a hand? I want to pray for you today. Let you know the power of Jesus for all days to come.